rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. What's up besides the end of the Roman Republic? Roman, not Roman. American Republic. Oh, God. See, I screwed it up coming out of the gate. I'm very depressed right now, I have to admit. My name is Tara Devlin, and this is Unapologetic Liberal Talk. We meet here. We've been, well, whenever I feel like it, I guess, in the evening. This Saturday, we usually have a set schedule, Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the Tara Buster Facebook and YouTube channels and on Rockfin and SoundCloud, iTunes, all the other places after the fact. Progressive voices, all right, you know, just saying. Um, but so this Saturday, before I forget, we the show's going to um, it's going to be on at around eight o'clock. I'm sorry, my hands in the way. <laughs> We're very professional around here. <laughs> this is Terrorbuster. You either like it or you don't. You want all that slick, that all the slick high production value? I guess you will have to go to Tom Hartman's show. <laughs> because we're still working on getting enough patrons to get through the damn day. All right. So when you become a patron, you help us keep going and growing and we'll get there. Never give up. So, all right. I don't even feel like going into all the, all the plugs, but I mean, just to say, become a patron at patreon.com, all that. I'm in such a bad mood right now. I guess I'm in a worse mood if I don't have any patrons or nobody, or I would be in a worse mood if nobody cared. Let's put it that way. Not about the show. Just the fact that you're supporting the show says that you care. Not about me and the show, but about what we're talking about. Maybe you care about me too. I don't know. But uh, we're talking about saving this country from the from the fate of republics. Uh, how did we think we would be any different? A republic, if you can keep it. Well, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to do that, ladies and gentlemen. We're, it, we're done. I hate to bring the bad news, but I think the, there will be... The, I mean, I'm not the only one who knows that this is happening. But when the Republicans acquit the con man of his deadly insurrection, it's going to be over. That will be... This is the the defining moment in the fall of the American Republic. I guarantee you, future historians will look back and this will be it. They'll, they'll, They'll trace the uh, all the the abhorrent disgusting signposts along the uh, this road that i've been pointing out and others like me have been pointing out but this is it once the republicans acquit the con man of the uh, of an uh, an open and shut case there is no doubt that the that the con man is guilty he they laid it out he is a violence inspiring liar 
the big lie. The Republicans sitting in that room listening to uh, listening to the case being soberly and systematically laid out in their own words, too. See, the other thing that is concerning and shows you where we are, and that the republic is dying, is that you notice the Democrats could only play the republican words back at them. They couldn't quote a uh, a democratic or a liberal-leaning scholar, impeachment scholar or legal scholar. They could only play... The uh, the uh, somebody who's a conservative, so called, uh, or they couldn't have. There was there were no montages that included Democratic governors saying this is uh, an ab- this is an abomination against the country. It was all Republican governors saying, oh, because they were saying, see, not all of the Republicans are bad. Don't you see? Look, Republicans, here, here's some of your fellows that aren't quite uh, lost, I suppose, completely. Which is a sign of the fact of just how incredibly beyond divided we are. It's, it's over. It's effing over. All right? It is. The, and... <laughs> I guess it's time, or it's probably better that we face that fact and come up with a plan to do something about how we will survive. How will we get rid of these Republicans? Maybe I I talk about, and and I mean legally and peacefully, of course, but I talk about dividing this country up. I don't see what other options... There is, so unless anybody on the chat can tell me. But how do you have a functioning democratic republic with people who have absolutely no interest in it? Right? You You can't continue to pander to them. There's, they are an irredeemable death cult. It's, it's clear. This whole day. Uh, yet another oh they say oh it's getting repetitive oh poor poor babies it's getting repetitive tell that to the cop who died i think the uh, the officer who died in the capitol he'd he'd probably appreciate being alive right now to be put uh, into a little uh, to see some repetitive treason i don't know how it wasn't entertaining enough for the con men, for the grifters. And in fact, right before we went on air and I was watching MSNBC and then we had somebody on there from who was reporting from the Capitol. And they were saying how they saw they just saw Josh Harley, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee go into the room with Trump's defense lawyers. Now, these are people who are supposed to be open-minded. They're judging Trump's this this so-called this is this is not a trial though. This is the other thing that the Republicans are they are disingenuous. 
Because everything they do is disingenuous. This is another reason why it's over. We can't have a functioning society with people who lie as easily as breathe about an insurrection that they were a part of, that they fomented and helped enable, that they could have been victims of, too. And it doesn't matter. Look at Mike Pence. No one was more loyal. So, I mean, embarrassingly, the loyal is not the word. No one was more of a doormat than Mike Pence. I don't know. My, my mic is very hot here. Hold on. It's off the charts. But he still sent a deadly mob after him, and 10 minutes after it was revealed to Twitler in the White House that, that Mike Pence had to flee for his life, Twitler sent out another tweet criticizing Pence, basically guaranteeing that if the mob caught him, he'd be dead. But, but would that... What would that do? Would the, the, even the death of the vice president of the United States, would that wake these fascists up? Or would they still run cover for the con man? We have to wonder. Because there are no, there's no low too low. They are, there are no more lines left to cross, I suppose, except murder of a high public official. Because we, we have already crossed the line of murder. It's, well, it doesn't seem to matter that the cops were battling with a mob for over four hours. It doesn't seem to matter that cops were killed. It doesn't seem to matter that the own words of the insurrectionists said, revealed, that they were there on the orders of Trump. They were following his dictates, and they would murder Nancy Pelosi. They would murder Mike Pence. And anybody else, they would get their hands on. That was the point. You don't go to a, pro a peaceful protest with bear spray. Or, or cattle prods. Or zip ties. But that doesn't seem to be enough to wake up the filthy fascists who pretend to love America. Well, it's over. The American Republic is over. My name is Tara Devlin. Yeah, it's over. What's the guy's name who was murdered? I can't remember his name. Officer murdered in Capitol. Oh, O'Brien Sicknick. What a shame. What a waste. You go to work that day, and because Twitler, um, you know, wanted as much violence and dismay and destruction and chaos as possible, he nothing was. They were not prepared. No backup came. He did nothing. That's another testament to his guilt if you don't want a, a violent insurrection it's not like he didn't know what was going on for hours you you stop it you do what you can to stop it you send reinforcements you send the national guard there isn't a whole bunch of uh, telephone chain trying to get a hold of people who can 
trigger the National Guard, who have the authority to give the order. But because Twitler is MIA. And Lindsey Graham and the rest of them and their propaganda news outlets are all on, on track. They're all doing their jobs, which is destroying the American Republic. It's, it's coming apace. They're not, uh, this is not against the, the, the trajectory we've been on all along. What's going to stop them now? So clearly, this is the feature. Not a, it's, it's not a bug. It's not something. They're not shocked and dismayed that the world is looking at us with mockery, that our enemies are using it to, to show, to, as proof, democracies don't work. Look, look, look at them. You want to be like that? And they are, they have the means. They have all the power that they need to do something about it, to put an end to this. Just like they had the power, just like Twitler had the power that day to do something and stop the insurrection. But he had no purpose. That was not the point of this fake-ass stop the steal and the filthy fascist republicans who jumped on the bandwagon of it. Proving yet again how much they hate this country, how much... They, how unfit they are. So they don't want to impeach the insurrectionist because he's, he's not in office anymore. This is the argument. He's not, well, one of the arguments. They're very, it's convoluted. And tomorrow's going to be a shit show, another convoluted shit show. So they don't want to put it, well, of course, he was impeached while he was in office. And then the Republicans lied. Oh, well, they didn't send it over to us. no. That's the Senate. Mitch McConnell, he, he made the schedule. So give me an effing break. But they count on the stupidity of the, the traitors in this country that they are activating like the flying monkeys. And they're successful. So this is why, what, what do we do? What do the normal people of this country do? Besides secede, I say we get the F out. We secede. You want to have a functioning democracy? Come with us. That's it. You don't want it? Bye. We could be the federated states of America if that's what you want. Okay, we'll give you, we'll, I'll pay my blue state dollars for a couple of years to prop up your meth labs in Tennessee. Sure, okay, so you can learn to walk on your own two feet without us carrying you. But after a couple of years, we cut the cord, and you could go your own way. Think of the freedom, D-U-M-B. You could have your con man. Think of it. You could have your con man, his whole, the rest of his useless, wasted human DNA life. His pointless, useless filthy, disgusting life that added nothing to Earth. It just took and took and took like a parasite. His filthy job of the hut life that you can have him for as long as that carcass can maintain the semblance of life. 
And then maybe after even he dies, you could prop him up. Like the pharaohs of old, you could just prop him up in a chair with a, surrounded by McDonald's wrappers. Who would know the difference? He probably smells just as bad today. Fucking fucks. So you can have you can have your con man to lord over you for years, and you could call it freedom. And then you can, I don't, I, what, you can have no health care. How's that for a double negative? You can have no health care. You can have no government schools. You can have no social safety net. You can have Jesus as your health care. Think of it. Think of the freedom. You could build a wall. And at this point, I would be all for the wall. I'll, I'll be on the other side of that wall helping you build it. Seriously. But, yeah, it's over. So they're, uh, they're conspiring. So, oh, what was I saying? So, yeah, they're conspiring with, with the, um, the so-called defense lawyers. It's going to be a, a real, uh, real mockery tomorrow. Oh, my God. Because the argument is, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Everything you say sticks. I'm rubber, you're glue. Everything you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Hillary. That's their Hillary. Or uh, Maxine Waters. Well, when Maxine Waters inspires a deadly insurrection that murders people and tries to... Uh, based on a big lie, tries to stop the functioning of government. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Yeah, she probably needs uh, to be impeached. But the the process, this is what they're saying. Well, Trump wasn't afforded due process. Well, it's not a criminal trial. And the other thing, Lin well, Lindsey Graham is saying, uh, the, the, and the, the thing is, they know better. But they know that... The American people don't know it, know better because they're stupid, and especially their base. So when Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham say things like, he's, uh, he's a private citizen now, how can you impeach him? Uh, if he did something wrong, you would. that's what the courts are for. The criminal courts take him to court. Well, impeachment... I don't believe I have to explain this to the filthy fascist, but of course they know this already, and they're they're sowing sowing this bullshit so their idiots can be distracted and continue to destroy the American Republic. Put the last, you know, Caesar took a few stabs. It wasn't the first stab that got him. It was he was stabbed sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety times. So they're still stab, 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 stab. But this is a this is a pretty big, big one. But uh, yeah, no, he's saying that impeachment, take him to court if you're to arrest him, if you committed a crime. Well, impeachment is a political process, and they know that already. It is a political 
process, not a criminal process. It is so the filthy fascist pig doesn't get his greedy, filthy, lying fingers around the neck of power again. So he doesn't destroy the American Republic. But too late, as you see, the Republicans have no low. It's over. The founding fathers, clearly, they understood how an executive, a tyrant, could get hold of the executive branch. But they never, I suppose, expected the legislative branch to go along with it. The legislative branch was supposed to be the remedy for the out-of-control tyranny of, of the executive so I guess they figured that it would power was shared across so many people and the, that the Congress being the first, Article 1 in the Constitution, that, that the, the Congress wouldn't go along with the tyrant, but maybe they should, they probably knew the, what happened at the end of the Roman Republic, that's for sure. So what would make us different? We're not... We're not different. People don't change, clearly. Just the times get get different. Same old self-serving, greedy little grifters, little scumbags, lying and manipulating the morons. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. <laughs> Unreal. Not your super chat, but let me see. Let's see who's here. That's right. Errol Thomas on Twitch says the U.S. Army National Guard should have been there to stop that fucking shit from the beginning. And yes, true. I'm glad Trump is off social media, he writes. Otherwise, those who have no respect for his monkey ass would have kept dissing him. Well, it's good that he's not on social media, but it also goes to show you that the Republicans are irredeemable. He's, a, he's not on social media anymore. He doesn't have the same reach and power. And uh, last night we were talking about um, how the cults could be deprogrammed. They could deprogram the cult if they wanted to, the Republicans. They would have to do it. They would stick together. That's it. They would all have to agree, this is too much. It's over. This guy's got to go. They would all have to stay together. And, of course, they, there might be a few outliers, like Matt Getz and, jo- well, maybe, well, probably Josh Hawley or who, uh, maybe Ted Cruz, whatever. But there's a couple of, t- everybody hates Ted Cruz. That's the truth. Ted Cruz apparently is the most hated man in the Senate. His ho- own party hates him. So... But that's what they would have to do. They would have to stick together, all of them, and all decide enough. Enough is enough. We are going to impeach this fucker. And then we're going to, when we go on media, we're going to do our mea culpas on media and move on from there. That's all you have to do. And eventually, Trump would be in the rearview mirror. But... The fact is, the Republicans get what they want from him. They got they already got what they wanted from him, which is 
weaken the American Republic, to turn it into a functionally an oligarchy, to to hobble the American working class and turn the American, that, that's where, into this, the fissures of disunity, that's where the con man festered and grow and grew. Well, just like it came out that these, these insurrectionists, they, well, let me see, like nine out of ten of them, Trump insurrectionists, have money problems. Let me say that. Insur... How do you spell insurrection? <laughs> ah! Money problems. Yes, 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 yes. A majority of the people arrested for the Capitol riot have a history of financial trouble. This is from the Washington Post. A trail of bankruptcies, tax problems, and bad debts raises questions for researchers trying to understand the motivations of the attack. Well, there's, there it is. It's the grievance, white grievance. They, they're, they've been bamboozled by the trickle-down voodoo economics of the people that they vote for. And those people tell them that their problems are because it's not because of the billionaires who ride them to the bank and the, who Republicans use their legislative power to funnel money into the pockets, to funny mon money and power into the pockets of the 1%. They tell them that their problems are because of brown people, people with darker pigment, people, immigrants, um, people on welfare, same old trick, divide and conquer trick, the oldest trick in the book. So it doesn't surprise me that they're, they're, they're a mess and they're angry. They shouldn't be having these problems. They're white. They're Republican. Right? They work. They pull themselves up by their bootstraps and work. Well, the system, booby, is rigged. It's rigged, yeah, but not so what? Uh, so well, we can all be welfare So brown people can be welfare queens. That's what they think. We have the weakest-ass welfare social safety net in the Western democratic world, Well, which we're not uh, Western democracy for much longer. But truth. Truth doesn't seem to register because, well, they're racist and the, they tickle the racist funny bones and it, and it rings true in their ugly, hate-mongering hearts. It's uh, confirmation bias. That's what they, they've, they've been told by the big white daddy who is promising to protect them from the brown people. That the, pro you know, they'll, it's, look, you could be like me. I'll uh, meet you for a beer. Keep on hating who I tell you to hate, and uh, maybe one day I'll meet you for a beer. We love you, man. Uh, you saw that video of all the insurrectionists in the in the Capitol getting on the phone. We should call Trump. <laughs> yeah, we love you, man. What are we going to tell him? Tell him we love him. We're fighting for him. Yeah, man, we love you, bro. What? Yeah. Hey, dummy. Too bad you didn't sign up for the Trump Network vitamins, idiots. Maybe they would have rotted your brain. 
in time for you to stay home on January 6th. Well, from the Washington Post by Todd Frankel, Jenna Ryan seemed like an unlikely participant in the mob that stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. She was a real estate agent from Texas. She flew to Washington on a private jet. She was dressed that day in clothes better suited for a winter tailgate than a war. Yet Ryan, age 50, is accused of rushing into the Capitol past broken glass, blaring security alarms, and according to federal prosecutors, shouting, Fight for freedom! Fight for freedom! But in a different way, she fit right in. Despite her outward signs of success, Ryan had struggled financially for years. She was still paying off a $37,000 lien for unpaid federal taxes when she was arrested. She nearly lost her home to foreclosure before that. She filed for bankruptcy in twelve in 2012 and faced another IRS lien in 2010. Nearly 60% of the people facing charges related to the Capitol riot showed signs of money troubles, including bankruptcies, notices of eviction or foreclosure, debts, unpaid taxes over the past two decades, according to a Washington Post analysis. Of the public records for 125 defendants with sufficient information to detail their financial histories. The group's bankruptcy rate is 18%. That was, that's nearly twice as high as it is for the general American public, the Post found. A quarter of them had been sued for money owed to a creditor, and one in five faced losing their home at one time in their lives, according to the court findings. The financial problems are revealing because they offer potential clues for understanding why so many Trump supporters with many professional careers, etc., and few with violent criminal histories were willing to participate in an attack egged on by the president's rhetoric, painting him and his supporters as undeserving victims. While no single factor explains why someone decided to join in, experts say, Trump and his brand of grievance politics tapped right into something that resonated with hundreds of people who descended on the Capitol in this historic burst of violence. I think what you're finding is more than just economic insecurity, but deep-seated feeling of precarity about their personal situation. Well, welcome to America. That could be our, that's our new motto. E pluribus unum. Forget that. Throw that out. Let's go with deep-seated feeling of precarity about our personal situations. That sounds, rings more true, don't you think? The financial missteps of defendants in the insurgent, oh, in the insurrection ranged from small debts to a few th- of a few thousand dollars to unpaid tax bills of $400,000 and homes facing foreclosure in recent years. Some of these people seem to be to have regained their financial footing, but many of them once stood close to the edge. Ryan had nearly lost everything, and the stakes seemed similarly high for her when she came to Washington in January. Well, well maybe you're, why are you taking a private jet, honey? But whatever. She fully believed Trump's false claims that the election was stolen and that he was going to save the country. 
but now facing federal charges and abandoned by the people she considered fellow patriots. She says she feels betrayed. I bought into a lie, and the lie is the lie, and it's embarrassing. I regret everything. Well, wah, wah, wah. See, that's what I'm saying, though. The Republicans, they could, they could wake these people up if they wanted to. The FBI has said it found evidence of organized plots by extremist groups, by many that many of the people who came to the Capitol on January 6th, including Ryan, appear to have adopted their radical outlooks more informally, consuming baseless claims about the election on television, social media, and right-wing websites who peddle bullshit, complete and utter divisive bullshit. For example, last night, in another example of how the, the Republican Party has absolutely no interest in democracy, they don't care who killed, who, who, was, who got made prematurely dead, how many Capitol Police officers broke down in tears, being assaulted, for, for, uh, including verbally and emotionally assaulted, being racially assaulted. I mean, these people, it betrays who they are, these filthy, disgusting traitors. You attack the police, calling them the N-word. That's where you, if that's where you go, if that's where your mind goes, you're a filthy racist. Yet again, another example. You show me. Show me the Women's March or the Climate March or March for Our Lives. Show me video of people yelling the N-word. How come, but when we get to any, any of these Trump rallies... You feel like you've been dragged back to uh, the 1860s. It goes to show you, they are unfit. It takes, what do I say? Again, it takes maturity to function in a free democratic society. You have to have a level of maturity that makes you emotionally and intellectually spiritually capable of sharing a country with diverse people. You have to be able to do it emotionally. You have to be mature enough not to be like N-word, N-word, N-word. You're, that's a, that's the, it's so, it's so, so backward. You're, you're not fit, Republicans. N-word, N-word, N-word. Where do you think you live? This is Earth, freak, 2021. There are people with darker pigment. Everybody has different pigment, you freak. Who cares? God, it's so stupid. You're stupid. Why are you so stupid? You don't have to be. It's a choice. You could stop it right now. You could drop it right now. You could say, I'm done with this racist bullshit. N-word, N-word, N-word. Well, anybody who says the N-word, they do it because, of course, they're angry. 
They're, they feel their white privilege sw- slipping away, and they know that it really, in the, in, the, in the scheme of life, they're the N-word, the moron, being ridden to the bank, the dupe. They're on the menu. There's nobody more N-word than them. Stupid bastards. They disgrace this country. We're supposed to be oh, the shining city on a hill? Give me a break. Get out. Get the F out. We are a nation of immigrants. You don't like it? Get out. I'm so t- over it. Listening to the, the testimony today... Watching the video, the montages of Twitler calling for violence and his violent mob responding in kind, and the filthy fascist Republicans don't give a shit. They don't care. Heather Heyer got run over by a car. Co- who cares, right? Who cares who dies as long as they got theirs, right? As long as they got their cushy political careers? You make me sick. And at the end of the the testimony today and when it, they were wrapping it up, the Democrats, <clears throat> Raskin was, uh, did his closing argument. And, uh, and, of course, he was excellent and appealing to the, the patriotism of these filthy right-wing freaks. What else does he, what other choice does he have? He doesn't have another one, but he's appealing to their humanity if they have any decency. Talking about George Washington, Alexis de Tocqueville, Common Sense, Thomas Paine, bringing us back what what we're trying to do here, what this thing is, what the American experiment is supposed to be, a sense of pride, trying to trigger something that'll pull these morons, these fascists, these traitors from from the edge, but they don't care. And right after that, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee disappeared behind closed doors with Trump's defense lawyers. And then Josh Hawley, not not just Josh, um, Ted Cruz goes, well, not Ted Cruz. What's his name? Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham goes on Twitter, just like he did yesterday, saying, oh, this ridiculous. Anybody who does, it's got, we're going towards acquittal. Yesterday he posted that. Oh, today, after that testimony where people were moved to tears with a country, I felt yet again traumatized and Lindsey Graham comes out as if oh you're gaslit again that's what it is gaslighting oh yeah not guilty vote is growing this is what he writes on Twitter oh yeah oh did you see what I see the not vote the not guilty vote is is rising or growing or whatever the hell is. is that I don't know something growing or am I calling up my male escort who knows 
That's Lindsey Graham. You know, they call him Lady Graham. That's why we call him. That's why he is called Lady Graham on Twitter. Sometimes the hashtag Lady Graham is trending because that's the handle that the, that the male escorts that Lindsey Graham employs use. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it. Hey, have fun, Lindsey. I got no problem. The only problem I have is that you're a filthy, disgusting closet case and a fascist and a disgrace. So good for you living in the closet. What It's um, a fitting, ignoble existence that you deserve. Wasting your limited lifespan, pretending that you, you're not who you are, living an inauthentic life. I wouldn't expect anything less from a Republican. A scold, a professional scold who'll go out there and kick down on people who have the courage to live authentic lives. I just feel bad for the guys that have to uh, service you, really. I guess it's a living. But how vile. See Lindsay in all his glory. Lindsey Graham, Miss Lady Graham coming at you like, mm, mm, yummy, yummy. I love a man with muscles or whatever, whatever he's into. Who knows? But he's like, oh, in the in the public, of course, he's like, oh, that old rumor. Though I am not gay. I swears. Who cares if you were so, I mean, where? first of all, where there's smoke, there's fire, but... It's not just because you're not married. Whatever. It's the hypocrisy. They make the world a horrible place. You get it? Everywhere we look, Lindsey Graham would never... In in what world does a Lindsey Graham have the courage to live an authentic life and use his political platform to make the world a better place? For the underdog, especially. For people who are like him. Who, uh, there's, you think Lindsay, if he had any courage, he would use his platform to educate the dum-dums of South Carolina. But he couldn't do that. Because then they might, he might feel some pressure somehow. The dum-dums. And, and a Republican, that's what they, they are, they're just bullies. They're, they're not the solution. They're the problem. The not guilty vote is growing after today. This is yesterday after yesterday when you saw. And, and it's like you're wait a minute. Did you see the same s- series of testimony that I saw today that the rest of the country saw? But, oh, it was horrible. No, it was it was incredible and it was completely it was compelling and it was true. Well, it's sort of like the con of Twitler being a successful businessman. The the how about the con of the laugher curve or anything that has to do with a Republican that blue how about the blue lives matter con now, right? You know what? <laughs> Blue lives matter. The only thing, really, 
they're advocating for. This is what what Blue Lives Matter and um, Law and Order. You know what? It's another code word for being a racist. That's all. That's all. That's all, folks. It comes down to that. That's because they're unfit. They're mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and most likely sexually unfit to to share, uh, to have leadership positions in a modern country, to function in a modern democratic society. That's it. Blue lives matter. No, that's what that means is the cops should be able to kill people without uh, yeah, without due process. You know, they're the ones they love due process for a con man, but due process for some for George Floyd? Oh no, no, no. Oh, and tonight's tweet from Lindsay was of course Hillary Clinton. Look forward to hearing more about Hillary and her emails and lock her up. Is accusing a former member of the Senate who votes for acquittal of being a co-conspirator to the violent takeover of the Capitol an act of incitement or subject to impeachment? Or just the rantings of an out-of-control partisan? Who are you talking about, Lindsay, an out-of-control partisan? After this trial, who knows? Yeah, because this trial is just so off the wall. What? Who? Who would? Uh, who among us would watch thousands of unhinged mobs, mobsters, white supremacists, KKK, incels, proud boys, so-called small dick morons, take over the Capitol and chant, "Hang Mike Pence," and claim that they were looking for Nancy Pelosi to shoot her in the head and build the gallows outside the Capitol? Who among us and beat the cops and? Uh, kill one of them and crush others and hit them with bear spray and call them the N-word, N-word, N-word. I mean, who among us would look at that and say that needs some kind of justice for that? There needs to be some kind of accountability for the person who incited them. Who among us? I mean, after this trial, who knows? Where do we live? How do we how do we live in this crackpot nation that actually has where sometimes there's justice? What justice for a white man, a powerful white man inciting a mob? What that ain't America? After this trial, who knows? Now imagine that's all you got to do to imagine. To know how full of shit Republicans are is what if, what if Obama, that's it, what if Obama, what if Obama after he, he, uh, after Hillary Clinton lost despite receiving more votes, Obama said, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving this office to give it to a con man who received fewer votes. I'm not leaving. Uh-uh. What do you think, America? It's time. You know, FDR had four terms. I think I'll go for three. Try. I mean, it's totally constitutional. It's in the Constitution. It's a... Uh, the, you, the Constitution, This we've only had the 
um, the uh, term limits for presidents hasn't even been, what, 75 years? Less? So um, this is a national emergency. We can't turn over this country to a con man who received fewer votes. So I'm not leaving. What do you think? And then all of the Democrats got in. Of course, this would never happen. They all arrived in Washington, D.C. And Barack Obama said, take that Capitol. Stop the steal. We're going to the Capitol. And you got to fight like hell after years. Of, I mean, we don't need to go through it. The, the whole thing is inciting violence for years. It would never happen because Obama never incited violence for years. And he never incited violence for a minute, much less the years. But if that happened, let's say, if any Democrat try, uh, incited any, incited a much, I mean, incited 10 people to do something, much less a thousand. Hang Mike Pence. What do you think, Lindsey Graham? Would Lindsey Graham go, this trial, this just, it's not constitutional. It's just not, who would ever think of holding the, um, the president accountable? I mean, it's so partisan. We're so, uh, so divided. How could we be unified if we let white people, especially powerful white con men, get any any taste of the american justice system i mean that system is meant for brown people it's not meant for powerful white orange gorillas just people who don't have any power and money and and helps if they got darker pigment that's why we have the most people in jail here in the land of the free but you don't see a lot of powerful white con men you don't see anybody named Trump in prison, even though they should be, right? I mean, but after this trial, who knows? I hate them. Hillary Clinton. Yes, Hillary, who's a private citizen, but lock her up. Lock her up, right? Wait, she's not even in office. Yeah, how could you put her in jail? She's not even in office anymore. I can't stand them. Get out, please. Please secede, or we will. Can't we secede? What do you think? Thank you, Jim, for your lone super chat. I'm just trying to make people feel guilty. And thank you for your, everybody for being um, patrons at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And hello, Suzanne on Facebook. P Tara, please tell Greg hello for me. <laughs> hello, Greg. Is Greg in the chat? If he's not in the chat, he'll hear the show later, probably. I don't see him in the chat, but I do see Eve. And I see White Rabbit. Hello. <laughs> Eve says, I hear breathing. Hi, Tara. This is before the show goes on the air. And I hit the I hit the record button. So then the show goes live. And I don't go right on the air because I'm waiting to see if anybody shows up in the chat room. But you can hear me breathing. And you can hear the 
air conditioner, I guess. Because it gets hot. My apartment is hot. It's it's like 20 degrees out, but the heat is blasting in this apartment. And it makes me want to choke. And especially when I'm screaming and yelling about Republicans. It gets very hot. So, and Mark. Hello, Mark. Our millennial correspondent. And Errol. Nice to see you. And Resist Evolve. And Paradu. And Resin Rebel. And of course, Jim, Super Chat, Jim. And I don't want to miss anybody, but there's more here. You're just being very quiet. And Haiku, our, our moderator. Fair, tough but fair moderator. <clears throat> All right. Oh, here's the music. Cute, my cue to take a sip of coffee. That's only to keep my, my, myself on track. Oh, and yeah. So again, Saturday the show's going to be recorded around eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, around about maybe eight fifteen. In the eight, in the eight area, in the area of eight. All right. So here, yesterday after. After the trial, which if you have eyes, a heart, a soul, a brain, and you saw that, and and you're a patriotic American, not a moron, you, hey, hey, how come it sees, it sees me? I'm looking at Ecamm. When I do that, I clear my screen. It shouldn't do, it shouldn't see the cleared screen, but it does. You know, I use the command F whatever on Mac to clear all the windows away. Because I'm trying to find a piece of video. But, anyway, whatever. After, so yesterday, Tucker Carlson. See, they, they have nothing. Republicans have nothing. They can't go with truth. Because they don't have truth. So... After the day of damning testimony, and it's clearly an open and shut case. That's it. Trump is guilty. He is guilty of inciting a violent insurrection based on a lie. And he killed. He uh, He's complicit in murder, of course. And there needs to be accountability. He should be barred from office. Uh, at, at least politically, that's impeachment. He should be impeached and barred from ever holding office in, of, uh, of privilege in the United States. Privilege and trust. Do we trust him? And everybody knows he's a grifter. and a con- Everybody knows he's a sociopath on top of it. The, the Republicans know he's not a normal human being with normal emotions. He's a sociopath who would burn this country to the ground if he, if need be, if he could be king of the ashes. To quote Game of Thrones, that's the truth. We know it. So yesterday, Tucker Carlson, the disgusting faux populist and faux populist, real white supremacist, chicken heir, Heir to the Swanson fortune, you know, every man, every day, working class hero. 
he um, he took to his platform, which has a it's a lot bigger than this platform, sadly. And that's why I say become a patron, because maybe one day we'll be able to reach as many people as as the lie. As the fascist lie that you're about you're about to hear. This is how Tucker Carlson unpacked the testimony. It was basically he was saying Democrats are liars and George Floyd because because George Floyd. So he's got a good uh, he's adept at spreading the big lie, running, running the uh, running a distraction campaign for for the oligarchy and impugning impugning any unity, any chance of unity, uh, uh, impugning George Floyd, ensure, impugning the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, keeping the divide and conquer strategy going. See, we can't have accountability for the con man who incited a white supremacist insurrection against the government, against a legally elected government, because George Floyd. Okay. This is from Tucker Carlson. So what does all of this mean exactly? We're not sure what it means. I, I love the fake. Hmm, what does it all mean? The furrowed brow. I'm just as interested in you in getting to the bottom of it all. Can't you see? Pay no attention to my complete and utter hypocrisy and... Every, uh, every other racist-ass thing that comes out of my filthy mouth. We're not going to speculate. We're not going to we speculate on the insurrection, but he will speculate about George Floyd. For certain that the known facts of what happened on January 6th deviate in very important ways from the story they are now telling oh, us, really? including the story they told us today in the... What? Say, don't believe your lion eyes, believe them. Believe the propaganda. Just like yesterday, we went through Twitler's fascist propaganda film that they played before the riot. And it's right out of 1984. It's, it's right out of uh, Hitler's playbook. We went through it. Only your big white fascist daddy can save you from the browns, from the darker pigment people who don't know their place. You've been betrayed. It's, it's the Jews and Hollywood, which are the same thing, sort of like in Nazi Germany where communism and the Jews were interchangeable. Communism, socialism, the Jews. And, yeah, oh, the Nazis were called national socialists. Uh, they weren't socialists. I know that's very confusing to republicans well purposefully so it's sort of like saying that the democratic people's republic of north korea is a democratic republic that's as much as the national socialists were socialists socialists they were fascists and if they were socialists they wouldn't dis have disbanded the labor unions in the country and uh, put socialists in concentration camps but whatever. What do I know? Just, I just know the truth. Whatever. Impeachment hearings. 
And in many places, the known facts bear no resemblance really? to the story. The known facts that they laid out with video, with corresponding tweets, with testimony, those known facts are different than the fa- uh, 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 bear no resemblance to the truth. Basically, what he's saying is don't believe what you saw, just like Twitler told you. Don't believe what you see and hear. I'll tell you what to believe and see. Whatever, what to believe. They're telling. They're just flat out lying. There's no question about that. Really? There's no question about that the house managers are lying. This is what he's saying. He's got no rebuttal. Well, where? Where's, Where's the lie? They're not. There's no question. That they're lying. Okay, show us. Does he show? It's it's the game. It's the that's how you know it's propaganda. Like what they say, you know, like we like we talk about all the time when they say, oh, socialism, socialism. They never explain. They never ask. What do you mean? Oh, I don't like socialism. Well, what do you mean? What about it? What what part? What specifically? Tell me what you think. No, they don't have to do that because it's only the the purpose is to get the, to spread the lie. Oh, socialism bad. Same thing here. House impeachment managers lie. They're lying. There's no question that they're lying. Really? No question that your the video, the eyewitness testimony, the the 911 calls the 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 cops own radio calls to each other they uh the tweets the simultaneous the timeline of the tweets interspersed with the timeline of riotous assaults that's that's no question they're lying but they don't what are they lying where's the lie where it didn't happen Trump didn't incite a murderous mob, a murderous white supremacist mob. They're not white supremacists. They didn't show up with bear spray and zip ties calling to hang Mike Pence. What? That's, where's the lie? There's no question they're lying. This is what he said. I can't even bear it. Uh, I hate them. Here, let's start over here. <laughs> So what does all of this mean exactly? We're not sure what it means, and we're not going to speculate. We do know for certain that the known facts of what happened on January 6th deviate in very important ways from the story they are now telling us, including the story... Fucking tell us, then. ...they told us today in the impeachment hearings. And Bullshit! Complete and utter bullshit. There, it's lies. We do know. We don't know. We can't speculate. Why could they be lying? We don't know, but we do know they're lying. And it deviates in in ways that you could uh, nobody's ever seen, as Twitler would say. It deviates in ways like no one's ever seen. See, they've learned their lessons well from their Dimfiora. Doesn't matter what you say, all you do, you just have to lie. You don't have to back it up. You, somebody can, you could, 
they could see it with their own friggin' eyes. It could unfold right before their very eyes. All you got to do is say, "What? how many fingers am I holding up, Winston? Two, of course. Are you sure? Yes, certainly. In many places, the known facts bear no resemblance to the story they're telling. In they're many just... places, like nobody's ever seen. Many places. Well, give us one or two, Tucker. You got any examples, Tucker? In many places, it bears no resemblance to the truth. Even though everything was carefully and purposefully laid out a with a timeline of events, video, texts, tweets audio recordings, and eyewitness testimony. But everybody's lying. It's a hoax. Flat out lying. There's no question about that. <laughs> no question. question is, why would they lie about this? Ah, uh, who knows? I mean, we must, we fomented a whole fake insurrection, just like we fomented the fake uh, murderous school shootings, you know? <laughs> That was a good one. We put that one over. We were like, hey, let's, you know what we're going to do to never get rid of guns in this country? Is, uh, and we're going to pretend that we murder a bunch of kids. Ain't that great? Good idea, guys. Let's all get together. And now, who's going to play the teacher? We'll have to, we'll got we'll have to recruit some actual parents here, but. I know we've been working on this for about 20 years, so we we have our friends here who, they're not really married. They don't really have a child that's going to die, quote-unquote. <laughs> that child is an actor. And then we'll go through the whole motions of fake funerals, and it, it's going to be the greatest false flag in American QAnon history, and the best part about it is that nothing will change. We will, there will, will there'll be more guns, more morons, more M16s, more beer-bellied incels stuffing their, their carcasses into BDUs and marching around Walmart without a mask in a pandemic just to show us how free they really are freedom an answer think back to last spring oh okay beginning now, of memorial okay Day. let's this is how deep the rabbit hole goes twitler didn't start a deadly insurrection i mean it wasn't fomenting violence for years and years and years and fo sowing the big lie he didn't even stop. I mean, like in 2016, he what you heard him say that he will accept the results of the election if he wins. That's you didn't hear that. And when he said knock the crap out of them and in the good old days. What you would just come out in a body bag or come out on a stretcher. And I especially like the clip where, uh, which I always thought was bullshit anyway, though. I, of course they're bullshit, but the, 
Well, when Twitler said, I, I heard, they said to me, the security, I love security to everyone. Everyone, hats off to the security until you're spraying them with bear spray down the road. But today we pretend hats off to the security. Uh, they told me, they said, sir, we have it on good authority that someone may have a tomato in here. Someone. We, we, we're, uh, we're Intel officers. We have top secret security clearance. We spent weeks on this Intel. Our confidential informants came forward. Lives were lost. All to tell, all, all to reveal. We had to put somebody in the witness protection program because they revealed it. Was, it came out that they snitched that someone was going to bring a tomato into the event, and as if you know they're full of shit. You know that's bullshit. They said they told me, sir. We have it on good authority that there will be tomatoes flying at this event. Are you fucking kidding me? And then Twitler informs his white supremacist incel base. Anybody sees a tomato, you see a tomato come out, knock the crap out of them. When, let me ask you guys, when was the last time we saw people get hit with tomatoes at an event when was the last time anybody did is that a thing did i miss this thing it's something that goes back to uh, movies silent mo like you would see this in the silent movies people getting hit with tomatoes when they didn't like, a sh someone was on a, sh it was like a gag. Someone was on stage and you would get hit with a tomato. The audience would throw tomatoes. You know, and Twitler, because he only knows things from TV and he's an old white cracker, that's where he, he gets his intel from. He saw something. Oh, he thinks, oh yeah, people all over. It's, uh, it's rampant. People throwing tomatoes when you're speaking. When was the, nobody does that? It's not. It hasn't made a comeback. So you know for a fact that it was complete and utter bullshit. And that's another thing. The corporate media. I mean the the whole uh, just the nonstop lies. Of course, who wants to investigate the tomato gate? But. It's just an, a, an example of another lie, and then it gets spread. Twitler said that somebody was bringing tomatoes, and then it's, nobody brought tomatoes. There was never a, a, a danger of anybody being hit with a tomato. Nobody brought a tomato into the event. It wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen. It was just a way for him to, to make up, just as he pulled it out of his ass, and I am pointing to you know, his head, purposefully, he pulled it out of his ass to, to, as a means to say, knock the crap out of them so he can seem like a tough guy. That's it. And back then, 
the Republicans, you know, they love Jesus too. Never, they never condemned him for fomenting violence. It didn't matter how many articles came out in the New York Times, Washington Post, or anybody who wrote how dangerous the about the dangerous road we were on, because we have been dealing with the lying fascist right wing cabal, the anti-democratic, greed-centered party known as the Republican Party. We've been dealing with them for generations, and this this con man, he's just the cherry on top of the cake. They're, they've been baking this cake my entire life and before. They, they've always been, my, for as long as I've been alive, they've been a greed-centered death cult. They've been full of shit. They've been lying and and spreading their bullshit policies to divide and conquer this country. And we're living in the cause. We're living in the in the effect. Everything is cause and effect. And welcome to the effect of it was always heading in this direction. All right, so. To get back to Tucker Carlson, yesterday he was saying how the everybody's lying at the at the impeachment trial. Of course they're not, but he doesn't know why. Uh, who knows? Only the shadow knows. Who knows? Who's to tell truth? What is truth? Said Pontius Pilate right before the crucifixion. But he does know this. BLM and their sponsors in corporate America completely changed this country. They changed this country more in five months than it had changed in the previous 50 years. How'd they do that? I wish. They used the sad death of a man called George Floyd to upend our society. Months later, we learned that the story they told us about George Floyd's death was an utter lie. Bullshit. Of course, that's a lie. And this is how we live in silos of information where right-wingers have one version of uh, of their reality that's being spoon-fed by the oligarchy and they're buying it because they're racist and they want to buy it. They want they open their mouths like little baby birds in their nests like, "Ah, put that bullshit in my mouth. I love it." Cuz it's it's racist like me and I feel sustained by it and I don't have to think about myself and what a dupe I am in this uh, whole game. In this American dream scam, I can blame the Browns. There was no physical evidence that George Floyd was murdered by a cop. No. The autopsy showed that George Floyd almost certainly died of a drug overdose. No, that's fentanyl. But by that point, facts didn't matter. It was too late. Facts Cities had matter. been destroyed How, along well, with the fabric the of this country itself. Scores of people had been true. killed. Democratic partisans used a carefully concocted myth a lie oh. to bum rush America into overturning the old order what and order? handing them much more power. It worked flawlessly. Wow. So why wouldn't they do it again? See, there's no difference between Tucker Carlson and Tokyo Rose and, and or Herm. Uh, what's his name? Who's the uh, propaganda? Uh, Goebbels. That's, this is right out of Goebbels, because there's a grain of truth in all good propaganda and all good fascist lies. But the fact is, oh, yeah, George Floyd. See, this is how they denigrate George Floyd, because he was struggling with the disease of addiction 
like so many Americans in this racist, well, it's always a racist-ass country, but without health care. You know, the country doesn't, we don't have universal health care. So, and we also treat people like shit, especially people who have darker pigment. And so George Floyd was struggling with the z- disease of addiction. But the isn't it a coincidence how the, funny enough, uh, his death coincidentally he died supposedly tucker calls and says he dies of an overdose the same time that a cop has a knee on his neck what an odd coincidence but here's the truth george this is from newsweek george because it's been one of this is one of the lies that right-wingers believe did george floyd die of a drug overdose as, as Tucker Carlson says. So George Floyd's cause of death has been questioned in a viral news clip from Fox News in which Tucker Carlson claims that he almost certainly died of a drug overdose. You full of shit, white bitch. You, I mean, these, this Swanson chicken air, whiny little privileged, sitting on top of the heap, you think he might have some gratitude. He might be um, use all of the privilege he was born into. He he could might use that to make the world a better place. Imagine that, but of course not. How how much of a vile scumbag does somebody have to be to be born with everything? And look out onto your privilege. Look out on to uh, everything that you own and from that was handed to you, and decide. You know what? I'm going to use my power just to divide and conquer this country to to make it worse for everybody else. That's how scummy he is, especially. But of course, he's a Republican. He's in the right party, that's for sure, because the dupes, they appreciate him. They don't hold his uh, Swanson chicken air fortune against him. I don't hold it against him in much as I do that we don't need heirs. This country is supposed to be a country without an intergenerational aristocracy. Yeah, of course, you should be able to pass your something on to your heirs, but it shouldn't be to the extent where you the the and an aristocracy develops and can destroy government itself but i think we're beyond that now it's too late so in the clip which has been viewed more than three million times on twitter carlson says that the black lives matter movement changed the country in more than five months uh more in five months than in the past 50 years i wish i friggin wish because we wouldn't be here. If that was the case, we wouldn't be dealing with the liars who are po- on the precipice of letting another white con man get away with an insurrection. There would be justice. Tucker Carlson would already be off the air if the country had been changed by Black Lives Matter. 
in more than five months and 50 years, this guy would be off the air already. Yeah, we do. We would have canceled him. Cancel culture. Some people deserve to be canceled because they don't, not only do they add, but they don't add to the society. They are dangerous to the society. And the corporate sponsors of this show need to know that that's why if Tucker Carlson ever gets the heave-ho, it'll be because corporate America doesn't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. And they shouldn't. Who wants to be associated with a propagandist, a racist propagandist, a liar? Because what he just said about George Floyd is an absolute lie. But like all good lies, all big, all fascist lies, there's a grain of truth. Yes, George Floyd struggled with addiction like I did and do a day at a time. I'm clean now in the double digits, but one day at a time. And I'm sure just like uh, Glenn Beck, like Rush Limbaugh and so many others. But that he didn't die of an overdose. He died because he was asphyxiated by a knee on his neck. But they found drugs in his system and the right wingers are like, he died of an overdose. Now, they're blaming that. Oh, well, how coincidentally convenient. You know, isn't it? It's bad timing to die of an overdose the minute a cop has a knee on your neck for eight minutes. I wonder if Tucker Carlson would survive a knee on his neck for eight minutes after saying, I can't breathe. And the community standing around saying, you're killing that guy. Get off of his neck. Are you serious? You just killed him. And he's sitting there, indifferent, as if he was waiting for a bus while a man died. Oh, so because he has struggles with addiction, we shouldn't honor that his life we shouldn't we should just uh, forget it I guess because that's the way Republicans are now if it was a white guy and a drug addict and that's a different story right because maybe the, he can find Jesus and he'll be a Republican and uh, then there'll be there'll be no harm no foul so he, Tucker Carlson, well, we, we heard it. Months later, we learned the story with the furrowed brow and the, and the, the uh, oh-so-concerned, vacant, white boy stare. There was no physical evidence that George Floyd was murdered by a cop. The autopsy showed that George Floyd almost certainly died of an overdose, fentanyl. But at that point, facts does don't matter. It's too late. This is what he says. But Andrew Lawrence, deputy director. Hold on. Let me just lower the music a little. I can't believe it. Time flies. 
Andrew Lawrence, deputy director of Rapid Response at Media Matters, shared a 90-second clip of the show on Twitter that's been viewed more than three, three million times. All right, all right, all right. Who cares? Who cares? Let's go. Let's go to the facts. George Floyd, 46, died in Minneapolis, Minnesota at 9.25 p.m. on May 25th, 2020, after police officer Derek Chauvin pressed his knee down on the back of his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner said the cause of death was cardiopulmonary arrest complicating law enforcement subdual restraint and neck compression. That's the medical examiner. It continued to list arterial how do you pronounce this arterial scleric I I could say it in my head I just can't say it out loud arterial sclerotic and hypertensive heart disease fentanyl intoxication and recent methamphetamine use as being underlying causes of George Floyd's death well he's struggling with addiction um, a knee, a, uh, like if, if somebody who was overweight and diabetic or had some other chronic illness had a knee on their neck for nine minutes, it might not end well either. And it might not end well if you're, have no underlying conditions. You just don't know. A knee on your neck, you don't, you, you need air. You need blood flow. So, nine minutes, that's, uh, I think that's about seven minutes too long. What does it take to choke somebody out? I wouldn't know. I don't, I only choke people out in my, in my dreams. Republicans. Legally and peacefully. <laughs> I legally and peacefully choke them out in my dreams. Uh, just legal. I'm not kidding. Legally and peacefully. It continued to list arterial sclerotic. Why can't I say that word? I have to hear it. Pronounce. This is what I do all day. <laughs> I pronounce. I look up words. To what are you doing on your phone? I'm sorry. I left a I gentleman the alone in my apartment. I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Let's see. Come on, come on. What the hell? I hate this thing. This is what I'm looking up. Arteriosclerotic. That's what I said. Arteriosclerotic. That's what I was saying. It takes forever to get to the point here. Right? We're in Arteriosclerotic. All right, thank you took like a minute to get there. Okay, it continued to list arterial sclerotic and hypertensive heart disease, fentanyl intoxication, and recent methamphetamine use as being significant. Spencer Confidential. What the fuck? Who said that? Spencer Confidential. I didn't ask. Spencer Confidential. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. All right. Where am I? Where am I? Okay. 
Chavin, who was charged... Here, here, here. Okay. Then the family of George Floyd hired a private physician to do an autopsy, and they concluded that the death was... um, This is the official on the death form of the other medical examiner. No, they got a second opinion. Homicide caused by asphyxia due to neck and back compression led to lack of blood flow to the brain. Chauvin, who was charged with second-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter, will stand trial on March 8th. However, lawyer Eric Nelson filed court documents which focused the defense rests, um, the focus of the defense rests on the alleged medical evidence that George Floyd died of a drug overdose. This is mostly false. He didn't die of a drug overdose. He may have had drugs in his system. He died of having a knee on his neck. The medical examiner did drug, list drug use as being a factor that could have contributed to the death of George Floyd. This is what they say, like we just discussed. Lots of things can contribute to death. You can have diabetes, and then somebody puts a knee on your neck, and it doesn't end well because of your underlying condition. But if the knee was not on your neck, you would not be dead. But it reported that neck compression and cardiopulmonary arrest played the large role in his death. The medical examiner ordered autopsies and ruled homicide as the cause of death. Not drug overdose. Tucker effing Carlson. See, he, he could do this. He's got a whole team of researchers, too. They can look this shit up. And they do. They know what they're saying. They know that they're liars, but they don't care. They think it's funny. This is a game to them. It's the oldest game in the, tr- in the book. Make the rich richer. Keep the working dupes into the work as, as working poor. And divide and conquer them along racial lines. Tucker Carlson... Uh, he's doing this deliberately. He knows that. It's a tactic to keep the the idiots fighting amongst each other and then uh, instead of turning the anger that that rightfully belongs at them, at the likes of Tucker Carlson. He's a fake populist. I hate him. Wait, let's see. Hold on. Carlson... There was, um, we played that video a couple of times. I won't play it again, but, um, of one of, um, one of the, a video of how, what a fraud Tucker Carlson is. It's, they, one of, I can't remember who it's from now that I'm saying it, but he unpacks in Tucker's old own words when he goes on these right wing radio talk shows or whatever and he 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 laughs and mocks the working people and he says yeah i was born i'm not a pop i'm not a working man <laughs> and they all had a good laugh and he goes how do you keep 
the when when he looks out on the unwashed masses, some, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, "How do you keep them? You know, you have the moat, keep them on the other side of the moat, stop them from storming the castle." That's what he does. His all of this the the lies he pours into the system into the airwaves to corrupt the already rotted minds of his followers because you've got to be a very sick and disturbed person to purposefully watch Tucker Carlson for entertainment because you like him he he's doing it to make sure that you don't attack his wealth and privilege. That's it. He understands it. I mean, that's what he's not a, he knows he's not, you know, he's an educated, he's been, he was educated at the best private schools. I'm sure that's what they talked about there. Elites. Yeah. Anyway, that's why he pretends to hate the elites because he is one uh, and to the worst he's one of the worst wait hold on hold on hold on alright so I'm looking for you guys I lost you again alright thank you Richard W for your super chat and thank you Jim again for another super chat what is up why does Jim have to be the super chatter and Richard? Did anybody ever ask themselves those questions? Why does, why, why is it Jim? All right, and become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Please, please, please. Yes, all right. One, I want to talk about this other thing because we were, I kind of teased it yesterday. Um, we well, really, we talk about it every day, the death of the American Republic, but and that's why I know it's over. I know a little bit about history, and I really wish it wasn't the case, not that I'm not about history, but that i i we're I wish I could live in denial, but it's it's over when they acquit Trump, which they will we we should know at that point it's done it's done so let's read a little bit about the roman republic how rome's republic ended and we would then a little bit uh yesterday i was we were talking about the tiberius gracchus and his brother they ended up i mean they that was the first they were like egalitarian reformers in the in what's now known as the late Roman Republic. They didn't know they were living in the late Roman Republic, but they knew there was a hell of a lot of corruption going on and things just weren't functioning for the general welfare. As always, there was an entrenched old... I mean, they had a lot of... Di- we, Of course, we can't completely compare because it was, it was uh, only men could could have any power and it was a slave economy and um so there were of course those uh, you can't talk completely compare but in that but you can 
let's just this is an article from history.com how rome destroyed its own republic augustus told romans he was the only one who could save them and they believed him so imagine here this is why i wanted to read this imagine a world in which political norms have broken down senators use bad faith arguments to block the government from getting anything done an autocrat rigs elections and gives himself complete control over government. Even stranger, many voters subscribe to the autocrat's personality cult and agree that he should have absolute control. Does that sound familiar? That sounds like the last four years, at least. It sounds like Twitler. It sounds like Mitch McConnell. Political norms have broken down. Senators use bad faith arguments to block the government from getting anything done, from blocking legally elected representatives from fulfilling their constitutionally proscribed roles to, um, to, uh, to elect or nominate candidates to the Supreme Court. Mitch McConnell. That's why... Historians, uh, Christopher Browning, a World War II historian, calls Mitch McConnell the grave digger of American democracy. Breaking down these norms, when they say no norms, it's another line being crossed. And like in the Roman Republic, once you cross those lines, if you do not purposefully and deliberately roll it back, bring back those lines and norms and ensure that they are ad adhered to, you're, you're on the road to destruction. You're on the road. You're already there. You're on the road to the end of the Republic. So welcome to Rome in the first century BCE, the Republic that had, had existed for over 400 years, had finally hit a crisis it couldn't overcome. Rome itself wouldn't fall, but during this period, it lost its republic forever. So they had a 400-year-old republic. Ours is, is, ba is a baby. It's, it's half of that. If the man who played the biggest role in disrupting Rome's republic was Augustus Caesar, who made himself the first emperor. Well, at the time, they called him first citizen. They didn't call him emperor because they were still, in their own minds, a, a, a republic. And in every Roman, uh, in the zeitgeist of Rome, were the hatred of monarchy no king shall ever rule in Rome. This was one of the, the, the gravest charges you could give against a political rival was he wants to be a king. So we don't even have that here anymore. You don't hear this. Re Republicans don't, they, they, they don't even defend democracy. They didn't condemn Twitler's love for autocrats and all of his what fascist tendencies his autocratic tendencies they see it they but they applaud it so 
So, okay, he made himself first emperor of Rome in 27 BC, but they had voted him in, though. That's how it went. By that point, the Republic's political norms had been breaking down for a century, and Augustus was in a position to take advantage of that. That's why when, at the end of today's trial, the uh, Representative Raskin says, it's it's going to happen again. And, well, they also... other. Um, other impeachment managers, they, they uh, reference that. If we don't do something about this now, if there is no, uh, there's no justice, yeah, right here on the headline of the Huffington Post, Dems dire warning, unless Senate acts, more violence will come. But that's, violence is just a symptom. More violence will come, but t- to what end? Violence is a symptom of the broken death of the Republic. If the Senate doesn't act, the Republic is dead. I really wish the Democrats have said that. Not that violence... Yes, violence will come, and the Republic will be dead. And the next... The next autocrat... Twit, it may not be Twitler. It does... It may, it may, who the hell knows who it'll be? Ivanka. Doesn't have to be a Trump, but the next autocrat, of course, they're gonna, they will be effective. And that was, that's the story of Augustus Caesar. He outwardly was deferential to the Senate. He, he played them. He played the game. He played the game for the people. So they they wouldn't assassinate him like they well the Senate wouldn't assassinate him like they assassinated Caesar. Before that century, there had been a really long period where the Republic functioned, says Edward Watts, the author of a book, the book Mortal Republic: How Rome Fell into Tyranny, which I read, and it's it's a chilling uh, a warning. Political norms were heated, and when the government ran into a new problem, it would amend itself to keep working. For over 300 years, the Republic operated that way. There were no political... Wait, wait, I just lost my place because I hit the damn thing. And the cat's not even here. So for over 300 years, the Republic ran that way. But, and here's a more a, an important point. There was there were no there was no political violence in the Roman Republic for over three hundred years. There was no land theft or capital punishment even, because those went against the political norms that were established in the Roman in the early days of the Roman Republic. So just like in the, when the Democrats at the end of the impeachment trial today were trying to appeal to the patriotism, to a sense of the history of what, it, what we're doing here, what, this, what it means, what the American experiment is, trying to reach some sense of patriotism in these fascist bastards. The Roman Republic ran for 300 years because... The, the 
those in the Republic agreed to behave within those norms. They didn't go against, they didn't manipulate the laws. They went, they went along with it. They were, there were no Mitch McConnell's playing games and, uh, and crossing these lines. So whenever the corporate media talk about norms, it would drive me insane because it's really kind of, it's not a norm. It's you're, you're downplaying the severity and the, the harm that's being done. See, I think every kid in this country should learn history, not just of the American Republic, but of every Republic, especially the Republics that have failed, especially the Roman Republic, because it, it lasted for so long. And it was also so, it was taught and passed down and cherished, supposedly, then in 133 BCE, Rome experienced its first political murder in the history of the Republic. Senators were angry that Tiberius Gracchus, an elected official who had tried to redistribute land to the poor, was seeking a second term as tribune of the plebs. And that was, the tribune of the plebs was <clears throat> a uh, sacrosanct position meaning no one can touch the tribune of the plebs. They had ultimate veto power. If the Senate, and this all, and the tribune of the plebs was a position that was created after the plebs had, act, had, had a general strike in the early days of the Republic. The plebs uh, didn't have a seat at the table at all. And they all picked up and left Rome. They were like, F this. You have have fun. Have fun, um, <laughs> patricians running everything. So that's what it took. And the, they literally left Rome and the patricians begged them to come back. And the concession, because they realized, hey, not, the plebs make this thing work. Every the, Just like we, the people, the workers, make the world go round. Sometimes the elite have to, they need to be reminded of that. Yet here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, they have us so effectively divided, we will never, at least not in my lifetime, maybe, maybe, who knows, but uh, that's why they keep us divided. They don't want us going, hey, you know what? We're in this together. We have more power together than they will ever have. So all we have to do is... We don't have to do anything. We don't have to pick up a gun. We don't have to do a damn thing. All we have to do is sit the F down and not work. Put, bring everything to a halt together in unity, in unison. And then you see the chill go up the back of every oligarch in this country. But a girl can dream. Since that won't happen with all these idiot right-wingers running around who scream all lives matter when we say black lives matter and I say if only all lives mattered. 
You see, they have us so effectively divided along stupid race racial lines, which is stupid. Skin color, a distinction without a difference. Melanin, ridiculous. Jesus Christ, it's so ridiculous. If you go to a hospital, you need a blood transfusion. You say, is that a, what color is that blood? We all bleed red. So Tiberius Gracchus, an elected official who had tried to redistribute land to the poor. And this was, Tiberius Gracchus tried to stop the Roman Republic from falling into tyranny and oligarchy through egalitarian reforms that would distribute land among the general population, the land that the Romans were accumulating through the blood and the sweat and the tears and the sacrifice of the, of the, the lower people on the ladder, of course, when, so they would, they would do all the work. They would be the soldiers. They would be the ones sacrificing and they would get nothing for it. The oligarchs were, um, accumulating the land for themselves. And in fact, they would also, when soldiers would go off to war in different faraway lands, and they wouldn't, they would come back years later to find that their farm had been taken by an oligarch and they had, there was nothing they could do about it. So they were nothing, they were destitute, completely destitute. So all of this was rampant. So while they sent soldiers away to go fight and die, the, the rich were partying like it was 1999 on everybody's back. Doesn't that sound familiar? So Tiberius Gracchus saw this as a problem and wanted to do something about it, and he got elected tribune of the plebs, which was only supposed to be a one-year position. So... When Tiberius Gracchus, and of course, when he started to introduce these egalitarian reforms, the oligarchy had a fit and fought him. They began to buy off other tribunes to block the egalitarian reforms. And then as tribune of the plebs, Tiberius Gracchus employed his veto power. This is another basically shutting Rome down using the veto power. So they would say, should we open the courts? And Tiberius Gracchus said, veto. Should we open the markets? And Tiberius Gracchus said, veto. So the oligarchy realized this kid is a problem. Until these egalitarian reforms are passed, we're not going to open the courts. We're not going to open the market. We're going to be on strike. So the oligarchs, um, when Tiberius Gracchus decided, because he was trying to promote his egalitarian reforms, they weren't being passed because of all the opposition, he took an unprecedented step of trying to run for a second term as Tribune of the Plebs, which is 
and one of the things in the Roman Republic was they were so afraid of concentrated power that their power was often distributed. They would have two counts, consuls. They would have two generals at the same time, or one would be on one day, another would be on another day. So not one person would have ultimate power. That's how how uh, much they feared power in the hands of one person, which is so that it's also more um, concerning when you think about a, a, a system like that falling to autocracy when we don't have systems like that. Look at Trump. We're supposed to have co-equal power sharing, but obviously all of that is it's really more of, um, it's not really effective in practice. If you have a bunch of lick spittles that have been cowed and are also working against the purpose of democracy. So during a fight that broke out between Tiberius's followers and his opponents, senators beat him to death with wooden chairs and helped murder nearly 30 of his 30, not 30, I mean 300 of his followers. After that, that was the line. Political violence had broken out in Rome. A, a tribune of the plebs, a sac sacrosanct tribune, meaning no one could touch him, no one could hurt him. He was protected by the gods, and he was murdered. That was the line, that was the point of no return. And that's why what we witnessed at the Capitol, that, that's our point of no return. It's over. When the, when the senators, when the Republican senators acquit Trump of his crime, it's going to be effectively like, like this, like this moment, the late Roman Republic. Now, then you're on, you're, you're, you're on a downward spiral from here. In Rome, political violence increased in the 880s BCE when political factions started stealing people's land and killing their enemies. In 44, senators murdered Julius Caesar. Another act of political assassination. After he unconstitutionally named himself dictator for life. But you would think that the Roman Republic was saved. Of course it wasn't. Non-political, uh, non-violent political dysfunction increased. During the 60s BCE, a senator named Cato the Younger had con consistently and unnecessarily used procedural delays to block the Senate from voting on legislation he didn't like. This went on for years. Does this sound familiar, anybody? That's why I'm reading it. Does this sound like anybody we know? Any system we, we have ever heard of? They don't do this in Norway or in New Zealand. You don't hear this, the stories about uh, you know, uh, MPs using 
tricks or breaking norms to completely block other part, other uh, other factions, other political part, members of political parties from doing their job, like all over the country too. Republicans, when they when the people elect a Democratic governor, all over the country, Republican the Republican legislature ends up passing laws on their way out the door to limit the power of the governor to base to effectively hobble anything the governor wants to do. This is what they do. It's not. Uh, just crossing a norm or or breaking a norm or crossing a line. This is the death of the American Republic, and it's coming from one party. You don't see Democrats doing this. The Republicans are doing it. It shouldn't be acceptable in any way, shape, or form, but they have their propaganda outlets to run cover for them. So, and this is another reason why I say the only hope, only hope this country has is the liberal media. I'm not kidding. Because without the liberal media, without us, without a larger platform getting the word out and protecting and promoting the democratic ideals that we're supposed to be functioning under. Without, that, without the liberal media, we've, we don't have a chance. You see, they were able to, get as, to, to be as destructive as they are because they corrupted the media. They, be, they turned this country, uh, they, they unleashed right-wing propaganda from sea to shining sea, Rush Limbaugh. It's effective. And every radio all across the country, you can go from one market to the other and all during the Reagan years, listen to, uh, and Clinton, well, in Clinton, that's when uh, Rush Limbaugh came up. But you would listen to uh, an average person, an average working person, they would turn on, Rush Limbaugh would be on in on two different radio stations at the same time, because the oligarchs they understood they needed the message. This country, like human beings, are liberal. because we're talking about fairness, they know fairness. They know what it how to live the golden rule. That's why they need the right wingers need propaganda, and the oligarchs knew that. So they bought politicians, they corrupted the legislature to write laws to deregulate the media, to ensure that they could get their message out, that they would own the message. That's why we don't have labor news in the newspaper anymore. Because as they were destroying unions, they would have uh, stories about how, oh, the corruption of unions and how much unions suck. This is what they do. 
that's the end. well it's not technically the end yet but that's just my time cue we'll get through this and then I don't know I'll go cry in my bed because it's depressing I was very upset today I have to say I was act oh I can't even tell you then I, w I was on the PETA website and I saw this very terrible and disturbing video. Because I'm a member of PETA and I can't handle it. I can't handle it, the abuse of animals. And I started to cry watching this, thinking about people, how fucked up we are and how horrible this poor creature. It's a terrible video of a... I don't know. They were skinning animals and this, I don't know where it was. It looked like India or something. Who knows? Or some, I don't even know where it was. It was just a clip. I could, I couldn't, I had to look away quick because I started to cry. And this poor animal walked into the, the slaughter place and was hit over the head and collapsed amongst these corpses. It was just horrible. And I was like, this fucking world. And these people who do this, and there was like uh, four guys standing around with clubs, and one of them, this poor innocent creature. God, what's wrong with us? Really, it's so depressing. Oh my God, did I not press the go live button on Rockfin? Damn it. It's depressing. I don't even want to talk about it. Because even before I came on the air, I started thinking about it. I, I wish I never saw it. I really do. It's one of these things I'm going to see again and again. And I'm going to start crying. And then, like, I saw this show on HBO once called... United, what is it called? The United States of... One Nation Under Dog. That's what it's called. It's all about humans... In our relation to dogs, uh, history of dogs, and good and bad, and you don't want to watch it if if you have if you're somebody like me, because there's a scene where, well, there's they go from this one woman who cloned her dog, who spent forty thousand dollars, she loved her dog, she spent forty thousand dollars cloning her dog, and then they go to they cut to. Uh, uh, a shelter, a, a rescue, or whatever, where they're gassing puppies because they don't have people. There's too many; they can't get them adopted. So they all they put them in this box, and then they they put the gas on, and the puppies are crying. And I could have. Uh, how does somebody do that? Like, how does a person do that for a living? But I remember watching this and I don't know why I'm bringing it up but I'm just whatever and I was on the subway the next day <laughs> and I was standing on the subway and I thought of that and I just broke down on the subway I can't handle it I'm, I'm gonna I'm only talking because I'm gonna start crying thinking about this uh I am gonna cry though I'm crying because it's just so depressing. Not just the animals. The animals are just one other symptom 
And I know that we would treat animals with dignity and respect if we could treat each other with dignity and respect. It's all connected. It's like a shit show. But to finish up this article, non about Rome, so we're talking about nonviolent political dysfunction increased during this time, and like I just said, during the 60s, a senator named Cato the Younger consistently and unnecessarily used procedural delays to block the Senate from voting on legislation that he didn't like. This went on for years. Other senators went along with this because they considered Cato a moral leader. Well, sort of like Mitch McConnell. He's their leader. In, in uh, 1959, in 59 BC, one of the consuls working with Cato even tried to shut down all public business for an entire year by declaring each day of the year a religious holiday. So why didn't anyone step in to punish these politicians for their antics? If you, and this is a quote from the man who wrote the book, uh, Watts, The um, Mortal Republic, which I need to reread. He writes, if you believe your republic will last forever, then doing things like not holding a vote on something essential for three years, you don't see the problem in that necessarily. As Rome grew, it periodically amended its republic to keep it functioning. However, by the time Cato the Younger came along, the republic had functioned so well for so long that a lot of people took its ability to survive for granted. And by the time Augustus took power, most people didn't remember a time before political violence before theft and government dysfunction were the norm, Augustus realized that his subjects were traumatized by the status quo. Here, and this is how, here we go. This is how we will end up losing our republic. His winning tactic was to promise that the rule of law would return and that no one would be executed for no reason and that no one's property would be stolen says Watts. There were a lot of people who were willing to accept that in exchange for the right to have what we would see, what we would see as political freedom. In other words, a lot of Romans were okay with Augustus assuming supreme control as long as he kept the peace. And that's why if you see I mean, at the end of Augustus's life, he, he basically, there's a big monument he put up to himself. So uh, I think it's all of the things that he did, what I did, basically, I brought peace, he says, to the Roman Republic. Uh, in addition to, oh wait, here, uh, in another, uh, Rome, Romans were okay with Augustus assuming supreme power, blah, blah, blah. Never mind that he actually contributed to the violence. And property thefts, he now claimed he only he could fix, because that's part of how he assumed power with the prescription lists and stealing the property of people who opposed him. 
Five years into his rule, Augustus bragged, I freed all the people from fear and danger, and I used my own funds. In addition to Augustus's position as emperor, he also served as one of two consuls. The position of consul was technically the highest elected office in Rome, but under Augustus, the elections weren't free, and he won every year. Everything, like in every autocratic takeover, there is the illusion of popular support. And democracy, of course, and we discussed it before. In the Roman Republic, if you if we teleported back in time into the Roman Empire and we asked a citizen of Rome, what what are you what system of government do you have here? They would say this is a republic. They still had local elections. They still had a, a larger elections too. Everything was done. They still had a Senate. When, when Augustus was, claimed, was renamed Augustus and given and bestowed, uh, they made him a god, a living god, everything was done. The Senate did it. They, and he did it, he took it reluctantly. Oh, no, no, it's too much. Well, okay, all right, if you insist, I will be the first citizen demigod of Rome. Okay, okay, you can call me Augustus, that's okay. They wanted to do it, they insisted. That's also in his autobiography. They, they insisted against, against my objections that I become the first citizen and have ultimate power. So, under Augustus, elections weren't free, and he won every year. Free Roman men could still vote for other elected officials, as opposed to free women and slaves, of course, who couldn't vote. But there was a catch. No one could really run if Augustus didn't approve of them. So it wasn't possible to really run as a candidate who opposed Augustus. Historians like Watts are still surprised and unsettled by the longevity of the Roman state following its massive governmental collapse. It could have been and probably should have been much, much worse for the Romans than it actually was to lose their republic because they went on for another 500 years. So what are we going to do? What will happen to the American Republic? I could tell you what I think. We will, be, we will devolve permanently into oligarchy. Um, violence will continue to, to grow and become a, a norm. It will become rampant. Gerrymandering. I mean, this is if... Here's here's how we can we can stop it. It's not looking good though. Not only if the right wingers secede, of course, that'll help, but the Republican Party must remain a minority party. 
we have to give the Democrats, and we also have to push the Democrats into getting money out of politics. That's the that's the only way we're going to be able to survive. If the the Republicans get power, if they become in the midterms, if they win the House, it's done. They can't be trusted with with uh, with power. As you can see, look what they've done. We we're really on the on the precipice. They <laughs> they are about to acquit the con man for a murderous insurrection. There's no going back from this, guys. There's no recovering. All we can do is be aware, spread the word, and fight. We yeah, fight like hell. Legally and peacefully, of course, to ensure that Republicans never get power, never get the ultimate power to destroy the country for good. See, we dodged a bullet with Twitler not being elected, but the violence will con- continue. And we can't give them an inch, not an inch, because they're going to take it all. They already have. We have a lot of work to do, and it's the only way we're going to win. Well, we stick together, we win, yes. But sticking together means getting the word out. And also, we have a lot of work to do, not just with the Republicans. We, we got to get the right-wing Democrats. They have to wake the F up. We have to all spread the word. We know, we know what we're up against. They need to know what they're up against. The Republicans really are the domestic enemies the founders warned us about. That's how we have to view them. Yeah. Legally and peacefully. I mean, look at one of the most, this is this will be the last thing we talk about, but one of the most tragic things that I saw, well, it's all tragic, it was horrible, but the fact that uh, the autocrats of Earth celebrated watching the Capitol be overrun by by the mob. So, one in Russia, gloating... <laughs> here, the celebration of democracy is over. Gloating and shock. Gloating, shock, and uh, lament as mayhem mars the end of the U.S. the end of the U.S. electoral process. For some in Russia, the mayhem in Washington, D.C. and the chaotic end in the U.S. election cycle was a cause for gloating. America no longer charts the course and therefore has lost all its right to set it. For others, it was a lament that the United States saw its democratic tradition marred by violence as supporters of an outgoing president refused to let him go. It's no small propaganda benefit for this rotten regime 
The U.S. political turmoil that briefly disrupted the final certification process in Joe Biden's victory is only beginning to reverberate. A day after, this was written after on January 7th by Mike Eckel from Radio Free Europe blog, well, website. Um, a day after, as Moscow and the entire country remains in semi-hibernation for a two-week holiday period, Russian critics, pundits, and admirers of the American political system began to feel the fallout. The Kre- for Kremlin allies, it was a net benefit for Vladimir Putin, President Vladimir Putin, please, who has championed stability and prosperity for Russians and and, and continuity for himself as Russian's prominent leader. Doesn't that sound a bit like Augustus, right? The celebration of democracy is over, said Konstantin Kazachov, you know, I can't say that guy's name, a veteran lawmaker who chairs the Foreign Affairs Committee in the Federation Council, the upper house of parliament. This, alas, is actually the bottom. I say this without a shadow of gloating. America no longer charts the course and therefore has lost all right to set it and even more to impose it on others, he wrote. The United States certainly cannot now impose its electoral standards on other countries and claim to be the world's beacon of democracy, said Leonard Slutsky. That's his name. Kazachov's counterpart at the State Department in the the lower chamber was quoted as telling the Russian news agency. Duma Deputy Chairman Andrei Kilmov voiced a long-standing Russian allegation that the popular uprisings of the past two decades that toppled governments in Ukraine, Georgia, and Kyrgyzstan, known as the color revolutions, were all instigated by the United States. The boomerang of the color revolutions is turning back on the United States, Kilmov was quoted as saying. All this threatens to turn into a crisis in the American system of power. Russia's sharp-tongued foreign ministry spokeswoman used the opportunity to assert that the United States' political system was archaic. See, democracy's archaic. What we need here is a good old autocrat, good old autocracy. You know, nothing archaic about that. This is an internal matter for the United States, Maria Zakharova said in a statement to news agency TASS. At the same time, we draw attention to the fact that the electoral system in the U.S. is archaic. It does not meet modern democratic standards, creating opportunities for numerous violations and the American media have become an instrument for political struggle. Gee, that doesn't sound too far off from the truth. An instrument for political struggle? Absolutely. That's propaganda. The head of state controlled, the state-controlled news channel, RT, responded with biting mockery to lament that the United States would never be able to claim itself as a model of democracy. It never was. Margarita Simonian said in a post on Twitter, it was just a matter of time for everyone to actually see it. Congratulations, Republicans. 
You've done it. You made America great. You see? The, you're shining city on a hill. You freaks. Grigory Galasov, Galasov, chairman of the Department of Political Science at the University at St. Petersburg, said the chaos was a gift for the Kremlin, which has often tried to paint Russia's political system, once described by a Kremlin aide as a managed democracy, as no different than Western democracies, you see. Still, he told the uh, RFE, Russian opposition groups, who are gearing up for the national parliamentary election scheduled for September, would likely still be able to draw lessons on how competitive the overall electoral process was. With one political party successfully and transparently competing against another, and that there was no wide-scale ballot rigging or vote stuffing of the sort that Russia sees routinely. And Galasov argued that while there were casualties in the U.S. in the chaos, five people died, including one from a gunshot wound and dozens injured, a similar scenario would have been far worse in Russia. Ask any Russian citizen what would have happened if this occurred in Russia. Golasov said, any Russian would respond, there would be bloodshed, massive bloodshed. So, he also said that any benefit Russian opposition groups could draw from the American political process was minimal. In general, the Russian view is whoever's president, prime minister, the number one man in government, whoever he is, may do whatever he wants. The very same country whose military was unable to crush the anti-coup protesters in 1991 is now rushing to teach good manners to the Americans. Yes, Greb Palavatsky, a former Kremlin spin doctor and now a political commentator, offered a darkly humorous parallel to the attempted coup d'etat in Moscow in 91 when hardline communist officials tried to overthrow Mikhail Gorbachev. Even before the November election, some leading Russian politicians were openly voicing disdain for Biden, given that the U.S. president-elect was and is expected to take a harder line towards the uh, Kremlin, I mean, not Russia, Kremlin. Oh, boy. Isn't that depressing? I don't know about you, but that makes me very sad. And of course, then we hear the reports again today that GOP senators were nodding off during the hearing, walking around, leaving the room, not paying attention. Uh, Isn't that nice? Blue Lives Matter. Shining city on a hill. And they also, the Republicans, once again, in in the grand old Republican tradition of never saying you're sorry, from the Washington Post, half of Republicans say that the Capitol violence was Antifa's fault. Yep. 
And this is an article that came out today by Philip Bump. In the hours after the Capitol was overrun on January 6th, a theory quickly emerged on conservative media. This isn't us. This is them. The them was Antifa, a loose-knit movement of sometimes violent activists. I mean, of course, this guy, uh, I'm reading what he's writing, but Antifa is not a movement. It's an idea. People might say, I'm, I'm in Antifa. I'm Antifa. There's no organization. There's no headquarters. There's no leaders. Antifa is an ideology, as the FBI again and again and again has explained. They study and follow this stuff. This is what they do. For months, Donald Trump had been promoting the idea that Antifa posed a dangerous, rampant terrorist threat to the country. It was convenient for Trump, positioning a shadowy left-wing group that demanded the response of a strong hand in law enforcement. This was Trump's re-election message, that he would hold Antifa, this fake-ass Non, non-organization in check. Antifa didn't actually pose a threat. The Justice Department, under leadership of Barr, William Barr, had increased its focus on the movement, but never found evidence to substantiate the concern. The bigger threat, as the Department of Homeland Security made clear last year, was right-wing extremism particularly white nationalist groups, but the idea that Antifa was a catalyst for unrest took hold amongst Trump supporters. You know why? Because propaganda works. So support the liberal media, guys. For real. Because they got a loud bullhorn, and I'm sitting here saying, please become a patron. Damn it. So when unrest erupted in the Capitol that day, Antifa predictably got the blame. Those storming the Capitol may have been wearing Trump gear, but sure, it was somehow Antifa leading the charge. And we played that video back on January 6th of Sarah Palin saying, oh, yeah, that's Antifa. And here's the proof. They found an article from NPR that had changed its... Uh, that they had updated and changed its title. How did they know at 9.15 a.m.? Because the headline, I mean, this is how stupid they are. The headline said, um, you know, violence breaks out at the Capitol. And all of the moron, this was all over right-wing news and media. And Sarah Palin was pushing it. Look, it says violence breaks out of the Capitol, but the article was posted at 9.15 a.m. It was updated. You see, the original article headline said Trump supporters meet in Washington, D.C. That's what was posted at 9.15. But you see how they how they are. They're stupid. And then they have their former vice presidential candidate on their propaganda outlets pointing to an an absolute bullshit to back up absolute bullshit. And then you have the dupes reposting it on Twitter, saying, oh, little fishy here. Yeah, because everything's a fucking conspiracy to make them look bad while they're looking bad. You know what? I, I have a... An idea not to look bad. Stop 
looking bad. Stop being traitors. Stop being stupid. Stop being violent thugs. Right? We're trying to help you. Me, I mean, Democrats, certainly, they try harder to help the right-wingers, trying to make them human. Constantly reaching uh, across the aisle to try to make these freaks human. Well, they're not having any of it. The claim that gained traction after the Washington Times reported a facial rec- that a facial recognition company had linked several of, of the of those photographed at the Capitol to Antifa, which was complete and utter bullshit. A claim that F- Matt Getz repeated on the House floor and made it to Fox News. Of course, this is what we're up against. Moral Republic. Unfortunately for Getz and Fox, though, the report was entirely incorrect and ultimately rescinded. The storming of the Capitol wasn't Antifa. It was Trump supporters. Own it. If the party of personal responsibility ever took responsibility for a damn thing, maybe there'd be some hope here. But yet, in a poll conducted last month by the American Enterprise Institute, half of Republicans said that they think that the attack on the Capitol was mostly or completely the fault of Antifa. Antifa was mostly responsible for the violence that happened at the U.S. Capitol. Overall, three in ten Americans said that they think that this statement is accurate. Well, that's why. If Republicans wanted to, they could educate these morons. They could use their their media platforms for good. But yet again, propaganda works. Support the liberal media. Otherwise, we don't have a chance. A majority of Republicans said that they thought unelected officials had been trying to undermine Trump's presidency, a view that 29% of Americans hold. A contrast worth noting, Republicans were more likely to say that, and that the Antifa theory was at least mostly accurate than they were to describe as accurate the theory underpinning the QAnon ideology focused on sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. The most commonly held theory among Democrats, a theory accepted at, at, uh, at least mostly true by nearly nine in 10 Democrats, was that Trump had encouraged his supporters to break into the Capitol, which is the truth. That's not accurate either? This is what this article said. But there's more evidence that Trump prompts. Get out of here. Who is this fucking guy? That's not accurate either. This is Philip Bump. Philip Bump is a national correspondent based in New York. He led politics coverage for the Atlantic Wire. Yeah. Okay. Trump didn't inspire the attack on the Capitol? This is what he's saying? Am I missing something here? A movement has... 
that was a that wasn't Trump people. That's a hoax. Michigan State Senator Mike Shirky, Senate Majority Leader, said. It's all staged. He later apologized, but then was later caught on an open mic saying that he still believed it was a hoax. All right. I can't handle it anymore. I have to go get unconscious and pretend that life doesn't... uh, I don't have to share the same air with fascists. Really? Oh, brother. Guys, guys, thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. Your sympathy super chat. It matters. Super chat lives matter, too. All right, guys, 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 guys. We're not going to do a show tomorrow. I think I need to do nothing tomorrow. But we will have a show Saturday, and that will be around 8 p.m. And I know that at 6 p.m. I'm going to get a lot of messages and texts and tweets. Where are you? Where are you? I will try to tweet about it. I will try to post about it. But get the word out. We're going to have a show at 8 p.m. or thereabouts. All right, guys? And thank you so much for everything. For being my friend. For being my supporters. For being patrons at patreon.com slash taradevlin. For joining Rockfin at rokfin.com. For all of it. For sticking together. For fighting fascism with me. I, I'd, be, I'd be a lot worse off in my mind. I'd be a lot more depressed without you guys. Without this show and our community. That's the truth. You can join us on Discord. You should do that because I want to see pictures of your pets and everything. I want to hear about you. What brings you here? What makes you... A, a normal person. <laughs> what makes you? You can share things. We can stay in touch. Love you too, Paradou. You can send a message on Patreon. That's true, Paradou. And thank you, Luther, for being here. I just see Luther for us. New name, Luther. Thank you again, Richard W., another super chat. That helps. That'll help keep us going and growing. What's a goat? You're a goat, Tara? G-O-A-T? Don't tell me that's an insult. Is that an insult? What's a goat mean? G-O-A-T. Do I need to be insulted? What is a goat? You're a goat, Tara. G-O-A-T. Does it mean girl on American 
talk shows. The oh, the greatest of all time. Is that really what it means? I love it. The greatest of all time. Wow. That is great. No more hangers! All right. <laughs> I don't know why. I hit the button. I just hit the wire hanger button. When I really wanted to hit this one. And strike 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 victory for every enemy that is aligned against you. Let there be and strike would strike the ground for you will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear a sound of victory. I hear strike and strike and strike and strike. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of this is what they say. Did you think they said this when the plebs? The secession of the plebs? That's what it's called. When they, the plebs picked up and left Rome? Were they like, listen, I can hear this. We go back in time. They're like, hey, listen. Strike and strike and strike and strike like some coop. You just came back from the Oracle of Delphi. And strike and strike and strike and strike and strike and strike and strike. She's like, she's all decked out and spinning. She's on all kinds of mushrooms. A sound, gods. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. The patricians will give in and give us victory. Of rain. I, I hear, hear a, a sound, sound of victory. victory. If we strike and strike and strike, I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. The Lord, Lord says it Zeus. is done. Three victory, 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 victory. For angels are being released right now. Here they're coming here in the name of Jesus from Whoever that is, it wasn't invented yet. For I hear the sound <laughs> now she's of speaking in tongues. I hear the sound of victory. victory. I hear the here comes the tongues. I hear the sound of victory. I hear the sound of victory. I hear the sound of victory. Okay, I hear the sound. I hear the sound of victory. I heard you the fifteenth time. What is that? That's fake language you speak. Oh God. And strike, and strike, and strike. That's what I do before I go to, to bed. Before I hit, hit the pillow and get unconscious. I start banging my head against the headboard. And strike, and strike, and strike, and strike, and strike, and strike. And then I pass out. That usually works. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Errol, that's Paula White. That is after... Wait, was that before or after? Let me look this up. That's Trump's spiritual advisor, Paula White, saying that Trump is going to be reelected, but I'm not sure if it was after he after November, after the election. 
Let me see. Paula White. I hear a sound of victory. Where is it? I know I have the footage. It's the weirdest thing. I know, I know. Where is it? It's not opening. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. My God, there's so many stupid people in this country. Strike and 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 strike until you have victory for every enemy that is aligned against you. Let there be that we would strike the ground for you will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. This is how she puts her kids to bed. Sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory the lord says it is done the lord and who is this person is who's working walking behind for i hear victory 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 in the quarters of heaven oh this is it before the election victory, i'm looking victory, it up victory, victory, Look, who victory, is this victory, guy victory. for angels are being released right now angels no that's that's right gas now. from dinner who is this man with his bathrobe reading? Demon? Who's being? Africa right now. They're coming here. Africa. Oh, see, look, she's not racist. Angels are coming from Africa. How could you be racist? You're picking Africa. From Africa. From South America. See, she's racist. She's not racist. She's got. She's talking about angels from Africa. Who is this fucking guy? <laughs> what is he doing? I want to know his story. Is he trying to work up the courage to say to say something to her to have an intervention? What is he doing? Of victory. I hear the sound of victory. This is I so hear the sound of victory. Uh, I hear it's the horrible. sound of victory. I hear the sound of victory. Someone help Grandma. What have you done to me? God damn it. Did you realize, Grandma, you this is where you left me? You brought your ass here, but then you brought the whole yeah, everybody here. I had to be born here? Aka, kaka, kaka, coca, kaka. God, somebody, if anybody in Ireland, if you're a rich lesbian, you know, that's it. You get, look at, hey, it is what it is. What you see is what you get. Plus three cats. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Aka, kaka, kika, kuka, kaka, kika. All right, guys, guys, guys. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of staring. I'm just going to go stare at the ceiling and cry. That's what I hear. All right. My friends, remember, eight 
in the eight o'clock vicinity. All right, Saturday. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. Thank you, Jim, again, for your super chat. Thank you, Haiku, for your sympathy super chat. And thank you, Richard W., for another super chat. And welcome, Stephanie, and hello, Guyon. And there you go. Yes, she sounds like Michelle Bachman. All of the best people, right? All the best people are Republicans. God help us. God help us. And look, I see Ray. Ray, Ray. <laughs> Did you hear him? He's so cute. Come here, Ray, Ray. He ran. Ray Ray. Come here. What's the matter, honey? Come here, baby. Eh. Eh. Nobody listens to me. That's when I say become a patron. That's how it feels like. I'm like, become a patron. Come on. Oh. Fuck it. All right. Guys, guys, guys. Thank you for keeping me going. And keeping the show growing. We, we will win. I feel very sad saying that right now. If we listen to me and push these Democrats. Where's Ray? Where is he? I know he's here. Where are you? Ray, 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 Ray. Eh. Become a patron. Eh. Um, we, we will win. I need a haircut. Yes, I know. Badly. It's getting, it's almost getting to become like science experiment level. And remember, we are the real patriots. So become a patron at patreon.com slash terror to keep the liberal media going and maybe we have a shot because we will win. Because we're on the right side of history. We have the answers. We know what to do. We are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. And we will win. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin, and I will see you on Saturday night.